seven o'clock. Do you know where your freedom is? for another episode of the Psycho Semanticast. Here we are doing Planet of the Apes, the OG 1968 Planet of the Apes, with Brad and Jeremy, the dynamic do-so over at the Deuce Podcast. We're doing a crossover, so make sure you look for me appearing over on the Deuce to do Beneath the Planet of the Apes, my favorite preposition of the Planet of the Apes. But I don't know if any of the other movies have... Anyway... That's about it for housekeeping that I know of at the moment. We're going to play a promo and a song, maybe, and then just get into Planet of the Apes. Are you terrified by real life? Us, too. You like horror movies? Us, too. Then join Maddie and Andrew, your co-hosts, for a new podcast that explores horror in real life and horror in the movies, and all with a fresh and fabulous gay perspective. We are a proud member of the Legion Podcast Network. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Facebook, or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. We're Friday the 13th. Welcome, fellas. Welcome back. Thank you, Baron. Excited to be here. Didn't excited <laughs> you didn't to learn your crossover. lesson last time. No, we didn't. Why would we? <laughs> so on our show, we just got done doing uh, April is the cruelest month, where we just did a bunch of really painful films. And uh, on all the lists we were looking at, where people were talking about their top ones, on several of them, uh, American Psycho Two, All American Girl shows up. We were like, well, we already, good, we already got that one out of the way then. <laughs> yeah, ahead of the curve, like always, as you guys are. That's true. That is, <laughs> that is what I've been known for all my life, is being a trendsetter. Yeah. Uh, or behind the bullet, whichever <laughs> one you want. <laughs> <laughs> trendsetter, kingmaker. That's me. Yeah. yeah. Those scrolls, the ancient <laughs> scrolls. <laughs> I am the lawgiver. You know, I approached watching this movie, because obviously I've seen this movie. And many of many people have seen it so many times. 
I tried to approach it to today or yesterday when we watched it as like I was watching it for the first time, like how I would react. And as I was watching it in like 1968 when it came out, do you know what I mean? Like I tried mm-hmm. to put my mindset in that. Okay. Um, it had to be pretty radical back back then to kind of like, I mean, not so much, but yeah, with this sci-fi, how we, we there was a tendency to hide social issues inside sci-fi. Do you know what I mean, Jeremy? Yeah, absolutely. And so I kind of, I, I put my mindset into this, into that. And once I did, I kind of was all like, okay, how was this an impact back then? And how is it an impact now? Yeah. You know what I mean? Because obviously they've remade the movie. And I don't know if you picked up anything different from this movie. But I did by doing it that way. Yeah, I was trying to think of more of Because obviously, like, I watched it and was just like, oh, my God. Like, this fits so perfectly for certain things today. Right. And, um, but I was trying to think of, like, what drove some of the message back then. And, like, what they were going through. Right. And, like, some of the timeline, it was... We were really seeing just the the first glimpses and rise of stuff that we're feeling the impact of today still. Right. Like the the civil rights movement and just just you know what I mean? Well and I was thinking it more from the from the aspect of like the almost kind of like that radical evangelical movement. Well yeah, me too. Yeah. You're starting to get the quiverful people and yeah. you're starting to get where they're like, Okay, we gotta get people into office and uh you know, it's when we first start. We start getting in God we trust on our money. Like in the what was that like in the fifties? It was in the fifties. <laughs> yeah, nineteen fifty-four. They put God yeah. into the Pledge of Allegiance. Yeah, and under God. So, but like, in, but this movie came out April third, nineteen sixty-eight. The day after this movie came out, uh, Martin Luther King gets shot. So, I mean, it's just so. It's in that weird kind of moment where in time where everything's so tense yeah with racial issues and and in class situations yeah which this movie deals a lot with you know i hey we're bringing our ink game to this one yeah man Aaron. thank you so much that's I, I mean i find the best and the brightest out there and uh and sometimes us and sometimes us that's it's, okay and sometimes you but uh, i was <laughs> stoked when you jumped at uh this idea like you were saying uh with the timeliness of it and the, you know, I, w- I was seeing the civil rights and obviously with the civil rights movement, you also see um, mm-hmm. one of the things that they changed from the, from the book to the, to the script was they made the ape culture a little less advanced to make it cheaper to depict, <laughs> uh, you know, as 60s sci-fi movies are wont to do, but it, it's still, <sighs> I have to say, I did like you. I tried to go back with more fresh eyes because this is a movie. We don't even really need to go through the plot of this if we don't want no. to. Because it's just one of those things that's in canon of anybody that's probably listening to a podcast right now. Right. Yeah. I'm having trouble separating a little bit from the eventual politics of Charlton Heston. In a way. Um, but I kind of just put that, I try to put that aside. Yeah. Yeah. And, know, like when the apes have guns, and yeah, I don't. And he kept making NRA jokes. <laughs> yeah, and and that is one of the things that was interesting was how you know Doctor Zayas was talking about how destructive man is, and we'll get a little bit more into this when we talk about the next movie. But there is the rule by the sword sort of society going through this. You know, it's not so much that they are more advanced or they're a higher society because they're less violent. They do have the ape shall never kill ape thing, but we also have thou shalt not kill. So it was really interesting looking at it as a more grown up person than, you know, when you're a kid, it's like this fucking rad. There's, there's apes and they're cutting people's heads. And for me, there was hot girls. I didn't really see any handsome men, really. I I think the most handsome men in this movie were, in ape costumes. You saw yeah, Charles and Heston's butt about three or four times. Yeah, they showed his ass an awful lot. They show the the rest of the astronauts' butts for for some reason. Or if I'm so it's basically kind of a moon landing, yeah. you would say. <laughs> <laughs> we 
probably did some some similar background reading, but the original movie script was written by Rod Serling, so you could totally see this starts oh, out yeah. with a Twilight Zoney feel. Yeah, like when you first like when you watch it, it starts off with no music. It just starts right. The movie just starts and Charlton Heston is is talking and they're in space. Yeah, there's no music. There's no credits. Right. It's just him. And I found I found that very odd and taken back because you don't get that so much nowadays. Yeah. You know, so it just kind of throws you in there. Yeah. And I think the, the thing that I, I got to say, I don't think I've paid attention quite so much before. Like I was really looking at the years of what's going on and I know where they end up. But like when he's looking at it and he's like, we've been out here for what's it, like hundreds of years or a thousand years or whatever. 700 it is. years. I think. Yeah. And he's like, uh. Everybody we've known is dead and everybody this and this like and so they knew they weren't going to go back to yeah the same earth and I'm like wow that's kind of a bummer of a space mission yet he's smoking a cigar like yeah <laughs> I just I've never I've never really paid attention before like I get like the whole we started here and we really ended off course uh, you know way further yeah. than we thought I think they say they they've been 6 months into space yeah. But it's been 700 years. Yeah, because they're going at, like, the speed of light, right. basically. We passed them! Stop this thing! We can't stop. It's too dangerous. We've got to slow down first. Bullshit! Just stop this thing! I order you! Stop! Time dilation. Yes, there you go. Yeah. Well, and then just think, like, I thought, I, I just tried to picture myself as sitting in the movie theater watching this in 1968. The fact that, like, knowing that it's called The Planet of the Apes, and so many times nowadays you're like, first glimpse uh, on set, and you see, like, pictures of people in costume or whatever. Yeah. Right? It almost kind of ruins it for you. But, like, this movie, if I were watching it for the first time, they really do a good job making sure not to show the apes right away. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think like, it's a half hour uh, in. Yeah, yeah, it's like a half hour in. Yeah. It's it's like watching um, the Pink Panther movie and like uh, 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 Inspector Clouseau doesn't show up until like 40 minutes into the movie. <laughs> You're like, this is boring. They really do a good job like not showing you them right away and making sure Charlton Heston's character doesn't see them too as well. Yeah, you know, in the cornfield and everything. Yeah, with the sticks I, or the clubs up high. Yeah, yeah, that was. I was like, oh, that always creeps me out. But I think they do a good job of. I mean, I'm sorry, but I still think those scarecrows or scare humans or whatever. Yeah, uh, are freaking creepy. Oh yeah. If I came, if I walked up and I saw that, I'd be like, well, back to the desert with me. Like I would <laughs> wander back out, forget it. And if I was watching this, I would just be like, wow, this is just one of those movies where it's like a, a reversal of of things yeah where now the apes and and i would slowly say to myself oh i i understand what's going on that's probably revolutionary now or then but not now like you mm -hmm. see it so many times you see it in sci-fi movies um there was a movie with um john travolta and harry belafonte called white man's burden where oh. they switch the where like uh the white people are kind of the black people and the black people are the white people kind of situations where the like class they reverse the culture of power yeah they reverse yeah. the culture of power and yeah. everything yeah that's what i wanted to say sorry no you're okay um and so i always find those stories quite interesting mm -hmm. you know like a reflection on yourself kind of thing and when i was when i was younger i i thought of this with the same kind of reflection like i always just when i was young i was like yeah we're mean to animals now that animals are mean to us. And that's what I kind of looked at it as. Yeah. But part of when I as look an at animal it, yeah, part of when I looked at it now, like I see a lot of just these ideas of like xenophobia. Like um, it reminded me of, you, do you remember like, what was that like two years ago now? They had, there were a lot of refugees that were heading into Europe and some countries were like going after them. So they just had people like running through fields trying to make it to the next country safe and uh 
seeing all the humans running from the apes, it just reminded me of that because there were there were people after them. There were people trying to take them down and arrest them or throw them back out. And yeah, but just build a wall, and then those that wouldn't happen. Yeah, all those they'll pay for it. Yeah, they'll, you know, let the gorillas pay for it. Yeah. <laughs> Apes do not send their best apes. <laughs> <laughs> but even inside of, of of the the apes themselves are different classes. Yeah. And inside those classes are where you have like the orangutans and then the gorillas and then the chimpanzees. And then uh, even like uh, with Kim Hunter's character. Well, well couldn't you get me into to yeah. see Dr. Zayas? Oh, I'm just a chimpanzee. Yeah. I wouldn't be able to do that. She's like the she's like the But she's like the head kind of like yeah. chimpanzee. She, well she's like the she's a science person, but yeah. she's only kind of there to be like, yeah, we have a chimpanzee on our staff. Yeah. She was one of the few uh women Yeah, she was yeah, what you were saying, she was like one of the few women yeah. that were high up there. And I don't think there were any women orangutans, and I'm pretty sure there weren't any women gorillas. Yeah, now that I think of it. Yeah, I didn't see any, but it's hard to tell. Is she the damn Smurfette of the whole show? Yes. Damn it. <laughs> the uh, but no, I I find myself and I I didn't really watch much of the. I did some, but not like tons of the uh, Planet of the Apes TV show. So I don't really think it answered it. But like, I almost forget the human aspect and whatever. Like, I really almost want to like kind of wish there was a show where we could get more into the like the class systems and like more of the stories behind that didn't happen with the TV show. I don't recall it. I thought the, I thought the TV show was closer to the third movie. Oh yeah. I think I can't remember. I honestly don't remember. I can tell you when the Logan's run TV show, what it was based (laughs) off of, but we are the proud owners of that on DVD, by the way. Yes. The, what did they start shooting this movie, uh, in 67? I mm-hmm. think. And yeah, like you're saying, <laughs> that's the very beginning of the Civil Rights Act was at the very beginning of 1967. And it got signed a week, yeah, a week I... after the movie came out. But yeah, it's that's one of the things that I always liked about sci-fi is that you sci-fi and horror, especially those sort of more fringe genres can tell more personal stories. Right. And I think that you get these movies that the reason why this is a time capsule is because it resonated then and it resonates now and it has, it's not just straight like sci-fi. Mm-hmm. It is sci-fi with these social aspects to it that resonate through time. And I think you get those moments that happen in cinema so rare anymore. You know what I mean? I think the closest would be last year with uh, probably the horror movie Get Out, um, where you just have where like everyone went, okay, you need to see this movie because it's not just a horror movie. And a dog barking <laughs> as well. Is that your dog? I, yep, I loosed the dogs. Oh, okay. When we when we start uh, podcasting, our cat like instinctively goes up and takes a nap. Like she she's like, all right, I'm out. I'll leave you guys alone. <laughs> the cat usually reaches under the door and tries to push away the pillows that I push up up against the cracks. <laughs> but before uh, the dog interrupt, what was I saying? I'm saying something. Well, you just get these movies that happen so yeah. often. So I'm thinking in 1968, this had to be like, you know, like if if. Young Bradley was there in 1968. He would have been like, you need to see this movie. This movie is a cultural, has cultural impact and you need to watch it and get inspired by it. You know what I mean? And I don't think we get those as much. anymore. I think part of it is probably because uh, the bulk of films are made to be able to be sold to the biggest amount of people. I guess that can be a good or bad thing, but right. you know. Back in the I, '60s, it was, you know, we're making something that's a more reflective of a smaller group of society. You know, this is Americans. This is religious people. This is, you know, the power of the gun. This is, no matter how much you, who I, I have deemed you to be an inferior person to me, so I'm going to ignore all the signs that we are a lot more alike. As long as I can, because that threatens my power. Yeah. Right. Uh, you know, Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. Oh, 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 Dr. Zayas. Me, Dr. Zayas. 
<laughs> but it's true. I mean, he it, it, he didn't want to I- admit the truth, so he he hid the truth, or he you know tried to burn the truth, yeah, or just deny it any chance he could get. Uh, you know, in the in the ape courtroom scene, yeah, you know, it it was in the scopes human trial, yeah, yeah. in the, in the in the scopes human trial, as we like to. <laughs> Perfect wording. Um, <laughs> where it, it, the, the, the system was rigged against him. And how many times do we hear that? Or how many times do we see that in society? Where someone, you know, oh, you, you get, you're supposed to get a fair trial. But how fair is it? Well, how come <laughs> a you jury of your peers? Yeah. Yeah. How come you don't know the scroll law of 54AB? Well, because I'm not, I'm not from here. Luckily, we still all speak English. Yes. That's fortunate. Yes. Yes. That's American. I speak American. Yeah. <laughs> well, the okay. So the trial, and it didn't. It we, we joked about it being the Scopes Human Trial, but it it really has that same aspect of like they're saying no, no, no. It, you know, uh, ape didn't evolve from man because of this, or like you know they can't be thinking because they're just an animal, and we have dominion over them, and we don't recognize. I mean, it's just this very no matter what they could have presented. And we even see that where they're like later on, he's like, Hey, here's evidence of things. Yeah. Nope. Because religion says otherwise. And that you see like this very like, well, if you can't explain it with religion, then it doesn't need to be explained. Right. I mean, that's this movie does that a lot. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that that's something that has never gone away. I think you still get that in some respect. I think it happens more in the second movie than it does in the first movie. Yeah, it becomes Way very it becomes a lot more prominent in multiple facets of that. But yeah, um, but like think of like we had the the debate between what's his name Ham Sandwich and um, Bill Nye the Science Guy. What's Ham Sandwich? Is Ken Ham? Is that his name? Oh, the Not John uh, Ham, right? <laughs> John John <laughs> Ham and Bill. We're in a debate. That debate. Would Bill, be awesome. Bill Nye says something, and John Hamm says, "I agree." And that's just all it is the whole time. Yep. Yeah, I can't think of who you're talking. About, but I, think I know we're their glasses yeah. together. Yeah. <laughs> but no, he, it was it was a lot of uh, Bill Nye would say, "Here's scientific information, and here's facts, and here's this," and he'd go, "But the Bible." But how many and that was about the would end you of get the debate. That now, and, and and now you just get it through online. Yeah, and you get it so easily into your face, where it's just, people are like, "Well, that's not the truth because that's fake news or yeah. alternative or, facts." No. Yeah, yeah, and they make they make these really hideous like logical fallacies about. Okay, so I'm here. I crushed up a bunch of plaster, and I can't make the same thing out of it again. So, ipso facto, but it's not you even, can't do paleontology. It's not even the the crappy thing is not even that they're saying it. The crappy thing is that they believe it. Yeah, they believe what they're saying has to be true, because if it's the other way, it challenges everything that that they believe. But even like towards the end, it's like Doctor Zayas kind of is like, especially in the second movie, he's kind of like gives way and is like, let them protest a little bit, but like let them, but but yeah. be peaceful about taking them away. Yeah. So you know, but even that's kind of like shitty in my book. Well, he's more... he, but, well, you talk about the evolution thing, like. There's many states that still are like, don't teach evolution. And then when you do teach evolution, you have to put a sticker on it yeah. on your on the book. Well, and that's that says, a, you know, this is just a theory. And that's just a slippery slope anyway, because they pick these textbooks that just whitewash over a lot of things. I mean, there's there's textbooks in there where it's still got the. Oh, yeah. And uh, and a bunch of our, our black friends lived with us, you know, and then that's all of slavery that you hear. And then the Native um, Americans they just, left. Yeah, yeah, that was yes. a recent one, right? Where they yes. were like, and they gave us their lands and left peaceably. Yeah, that's how it happened. Yeah, but that's kind of you know you see that a lot when you start using religion to guide. Okay, we have to teach the religion because we have to get the people believing this again. We have to get it in government so we can make legislation to support that and make it concrete. We have to, uh, you know, take away people's rights to you know uh over their reproductive health over their health care over whatever it is you get these aspects where it's like what the hell is you you're enforcing these 
like these religious views upon it and changing it and to what end like to to make sure that you have enough yeah. people to make sure that you're outbreeding and out you know living all these other things that you're keeping people ignorant and in, in your power and that's kind of what happens here yeah speaking did uh, you catch that little bit where trump was going on about people using sanctuary cities for breeding yes oh. 28, 28 minutes and we finally said his name <laughs> yeah that's a new record darren well i mean we're talking about apes we got the <laughs> the orange i guess he's not uh, well are orangutans apes because i i consider him yes. he yeah. would be an orangutan if if he no, was he's definitely an orangutan. yeah um i don't think doctor i don't think dr zayas is is very trumpy i find him more like uh w like george w bush kind of in a way um See, I almost find it more Ted Cruzy. Ted Cruzy, maybe. Where mm, he, Marco Rubio ish. Yes. More, yeah. Where not, he's got, not Dick Cheney? No. No. Okay. No. He, he eats way less babies. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like, it's. He's yeah, got this, like a Marco Marco Rubio. He gets the yeah. politics of it. Yeah, but he's going to Marco use, Rubio is a good, good example. Yeah. But he uses. So he uses the religious aspect to both hide behind. And to force and his to will. Force his way. Yeah. And so, like, he uses. He, you have the general, and they talk about, like, in the kind of class things. This happens in the second movie more, but, um, you know, you get, like, okay, here's the gorillas. They have weapons. They're, they're these, you know, violent, kind of aggressive enforcer types. And their weapon is very physically a weapon. It's usually like a club or rifles or whatever. But really, when you look at the orangutans, their weapon is really kind of their religion. I mean, they yeah, no. they use it to shut things down. They use it to right. get their and way, and nobody can. The chimpanzees, their weapon is science. I mean, if you think yeah. about it, their their weapon is is facts and science of well, how they're going to combat things. Yeah, and unfortunately, the bats and the and the religion always or the weapons always seem to outnumber or take over the facts. Yeah, or the science, which is well, so stupid. Well, they they forever have been. So you have the class system with the orangutans on top as the kind of leaders, both spiritually and politically. You have the enforcer types in the middle who are like they got the muscle. They do what the other guys say, but they're happy to be doing it, even yep. though they're not on the top, because at least then they're not chimpanzees. Yes. And you have the chimpanzees on the bottom who sometimes get to see like the upper echelons or whatever, maybe to like the middle somewhere. Well, middle but, class. Yeah. Okay. But they're never going to get to the top and they're yeah. always held low. But, uh, you know, they, because they're, you know, almost all the way down the, the pecking order, they just kind of accept where they are or they're kind of like, well, right. it'll never be this. And that's why I think this movie is important nowadays. It's not necessarily important on the aspect of like the, the rise of Trump. It's more of the, the class divisions, uh, of society that we have now and how that how that just kind of emerges and destroys itself sometimes and kind of eats its own self do you know what i mean in the in the aspect of like you have get these evangelicals who are just like very much uh we forgive trump for doing this yeah you know because he gets a mulligan oh brother <laughs> trump he raw dogged a hooker but it's okay he, it's okay because he's there for us I'm sorry. She's a. She's but if a someone, but star. if someone's, you know, a, you know, this this way, or Obama was, you know, not what, wearing a tan suit. Yeah, it's like no, we can't have that. And I'm like, <laughs> don't forget the time he put his just, foot up on the desk. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! It's nothing. Oh, but what he spread his Trump spread his dinosaur shaped chicken nuggets all over the table and dipped them in a pool of. Uh, a pool of barbecue sauce on the Constitution. It's okay. He's adorable. It was honey mustard, not barbecue. Get it right. We didn't elect him to be a pastor. Do you know what I mean? It's just that it has like that aspect of, of the social classes yeah. that we deal with nowadays. That you see more and more, especially through online rotten culture, where people just go after each other for no reason. Or I'm going to post something. Um, and that's going to change your mind because I posted it. That's what I believe. Yeah. Even if you don't believe me, you're going to be wrong because you have to believe me. Even if we have something that is similar, just my core value. If you don't agree with that, you're wrong. And I've yeah. got to delete you from my life. And so it's gotten, it's gotten worse, you know, through, through society in a way. 
I don't mean to be down upon that, but that's just the way I think sometimes. Well, you have this like instant gratification of communication and it's, you know, we believe things. I, I think that I think back to I don't know if it was like a decade ago, some report had come out. It had to have been pushing that now. But some report came out that said amongst reality TV stars, they were like the most narcissistic because they saw people were had focused attention on yeah. them and cameras followed them around all the time. And they got this kind of like, yeah, you know, I'm the important one mm-hmm. kind of thing. And they got this aspect to it. And so it was like, wow, reality TV, geez. But now we all have that opportunity. Yeah, I can use however many characters it is now to say something I think is think is semi witty on Twitter, semi twitty on Twitter because you're well, twitty. That's witty twitty. <laughs> and uh, you know, I'm just like, well, why isn't everybody believing me? Are you Conway Twitty? Is that yes. when you do it with a Southern Conway Twitter? When you yeah. tweet with a Southern accent? It is Conway Twitter. <laughs> Hashtag y'all. <laughs> Hashtag y'all. Um, whatever it is. Well, no one's but, listening. No one listens anymore. Because everybody just wants to have the sound bite. Right. We, we live in this world Charleston of sound bite character. It's like, damn! Damn you! Yeah. I find, like... <laughs> you ruined it! Well, did they ruin it, or did your species ruin it, dude? I mean, yeah. think about it. You don't know. It's been... It's 2,000 years later. You don't know history. I find Taylor really aggressive. I find really aggressive. Yeah. And especially when I put him up against, um... <laughs> The guy from the second movie. The guy from the second movie. What is his name? We uh we call him Chuck Houston because he's like a generic rip off of Charlton Heston. <laughs> Charlotte. Yeah. And they knew each other. Yes. Well, they're in the same program. Oh, the movie. Yeah, we'll talk about that, that yeah. later. But yeah. Yeah, Space is a war fighting domain, just like the land, air, and sea. We may even have a space force. Develop another one. Space Force. We have the Air Force. We'll have the Space Force. Very dutish names, all of them. Okay, I forget oh, that. Yeah. Trent oh, Taylor and Brinch. Like, that's the thing. We talk about how, like, there really is, there's there's two women in the movie. One doesn't talk, is not allowed to talk, and, and doesn't talk. And the other one is, like, a science scientist who is always being told no. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's she's odd. She's pretty bold, but you always need she's that pretty kind bold, of like. But they, but they're always like, no, you're wrong. Yeah. And she like immediately starts. Like, I don't know. Maybe I'm just reading because I can see her eyes, but I'm like, she just constantly is like flirting with Charles Nathan. She's flirting with everyone. I mean, come on. She's a smart yeah. pet, you know? Well, if there, there's a, no other woman there, I'm just saying. If, if they're a theocracy. She's not yet married to uh, Cornelius, so maybe, yeah, yeah. maybe she's just—I don't know—hairy, <laughs> hairy ape-like Charlton Heston, or she's just really excited about her discovery, and it's that sort of wanton-looking. Yeah, because um, she wants to watch a mate, which yeah. gives him uh, Nova. I don't think Nova had a name until he gave it in, gave it to her. Yeah, and he yeah, until he could start talking. Yeah. yeah. He was going to call her Masterpiece Theater, but he's decided for Nova instead. <laughs> much shorter. Just another PBS show. <laughs> yeah, much shorter. In Between the Lions was already taken. <laughs> no, the... Um, we'll call you. Are you being served? <laughs> I, you know, I, Thank I, you, Darren. I Thank like you. the character of Zira a lot. Who? Zira. Oh, yeah. Uh, Kim Hunter. The, uh, oh, don't get me wrong. I like her, but, you know... It's just, go ahead. Well, I think that even like, so Cornelius, yeah, he's had these discoveries, but he's like, I want to sit down and I don't want to say anything about it. And she's very much a character who's like, mm, get, get it, get your face out there, do this and this. Like she's, she's not afraid of the consequences. Like she's ready to oh yeah, face I mean, the consequences. You talk it about means like following like, what she believes. Yeah. The women's, the women's movement. Yeah. I mean, she is. The Planet of the Apes, hashtag Me Too, women's movement yep. of the time for, you know, their species. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I she's Even yeah. though she's the least religious person, I would say, or least religious character. That's, there we go. In the film, she definitely seems to be the, the moral compass, uh, the, the, right. the logical, the scientist, the what's right is right is right. Maybe the books are wrong. God damn dog. Mm-hmm. She's the most <laughs> compassionate damn dog. Yeah. 
Now somebody's stealing your mail downstairs. <laughs> Get your gay. dirty no paws off I'm, my mail. Get your damn dirty paws off my mail. Do it. Get your damn hands off my mail. <laughs> he's so aggressive. Even when they, like he talks for the first time, you know, he's yeah. even aggressive like that. He's an aggressive male. There's only one African-American in this movie. Dies. He dies, dies about, yeah. you know, one third of the way in the movie. Can I say, I still think that is freaky as shit. <laughs> when he, oh, they go when into, like the, into like the Natural History Museum or whatever and they see his friend stuffed. Freaks me out. I'm just like, every time I see it, I'm like, oh, God, no. <laughs> and he does a good job not moving much. And he doesn't yep. flinch when they shoot, you know, when the wall blows up behind him from the gunshot. Yeah. <laughs> also, I can, I want to say too, the way that their steward, the lady on their expedition dies, oh God, right? Also, always freaks me out. Yeah. Like, I'm also like, another oh, woman that, who just yeah. dies, you know? Well, I like how also uh, Chuck Heston makes sure to tell Nova several times that uh that Stuart was better than her. She's <laughs> <laughs> what he's got now, so he'll make it work. I guess I'll have my woman sex slave. Well I gotta do something. <laughs> Trapped on this planet. I I'm something. a man. I'm cigars. <laughs> I'm glad to see that monkeys are still like or the apes are still cultivating tobacco. Because like there's a, several of them who are just smoking. Every once in a while, there's something weird where I'm like, you didn't show us you had this before. Or like, they'll show something where I'm like, it's kind of a modern amenity. You don't really have the technology to support that. <laughs> oh, like, they're taking photographs. With the, after the hunt. When, yeah. Uh, yeah. I remember, like, uh, when, uh, when every time we saw, see an extra, an extra gorilla. Yeah. You would be like, oh, that's the, a werewolf from well, uh, it was, the Howling it's the, 2. It was the chimp masks. Yeah. Some of the gorilla ones, some of the chimp masks were, yeah. uh, we, when we talked over, uh, we did uh, the Howling 2 with Court, he was pointing out that they ordered werewolf costumes, but they instead got uh, a bunch of the leftover Planet of the Apes costumes. So every time you see the werewolves, they're actually apes. And so we were looking at them and I'm like, holy shit, those are the werewolves from howling too <laughs> so like every time like one of the younger while well, we saw a chimp i kept going trick or treat <laughs> <laughs> so zira's nephew who just shows who up just shows up it's right? like the last part of the thing um you know what like i think that they're character... gonna spin them off like muppet babies or tiny <laughs> yes exactly what it is <laughs> I, because I'm always like, ugh, him. Like he always annoys me. He's, he annoys you. Is he your but scrappy dog I, of the movie? He kind of is a scrappy dude. Except this time, I tried to. Again, I'm trying to was trying to watch it from a different perspective. Like mm-hmm. we both were, and I appreciated the character a lot more this time. And I think he's almost gets a bad rap because it's he's a character who he's pretty open minded about Taylor. Like, he's just like, yeah, you're a human, so what? Or he's like, hey, don't go to war. He's, you know, he's this kind of like that voice of a new generation that's still hopeful. Gee, I don't know what that's like nowadays. Yeah, right. But no, it's like... What are, was, what are they called? What are they called? Yeah, nowadays, what would you call them? Did you call them millennials? I mean, were they... Were they... He's a monkey-lennial? 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 A chimpan. What is the next no. generation? Generation Y? A chimpan Y? No, uh, y, uh, Z, I think, comes next. Didn't Y get replaced by millennial? There's millennial and xenial, and I don't even know. I think they're just making I shit up. Care. Whatever your age is, your age is. Yeah. It's all how you act and how yeah. you treat kind, oh, kindness you get, to people. You whatever. get people from, you get aspects of. Those personalities in each. That's why you get like, I'm not a millennial. I don't, yeah, I'm 22, but I'm not a millennial. It's like, well, yeah, you are. I don't care about any of that, <laughs> says a generation Y, Xer, XYer. I don't yeah, know. You're an X. Am I? Yeah. But I hate that movie reality. You're bites. right on the. You're right on the end of that, and I'm like right at the front end of. Yeah, millennial. I'm at the end of it because I don't really care. And I'm right at the front end of millennial. But it, it's like interesting because I'm his character is. Like, yeah, he does the annoying thing where he's like, he's, they're like, 
hey, watch the camp, and then the camp gets destroyed. Yeah. <laughs> the, the normal, like, oh, I'm a dumb kid kind of things. But, like, when yeah. you listen to him talk, like, how he talks to Taylor, and he's a little like, hey, I don't take orders from you. But it's not so much, like, I don't feel like it's as much because he's like, hey, you're a human. It's like, he, he's like, all you adults are the same. Yeah. And he doesn't necessarily look at them as different. He just looks at them as an adult. Right. And that's what he's raging against. And I'm like, nice. Okay, I can get behind that. Yeah, if you look at it that way. You know, like, like the creepiest thing about this movie isn't the apes, isn't, you know, the, the society aspects. It's the fact that that creepy doll that they pick up, that thing creeps me out. Mama. They're looking at me. I know where they are. Every time I watch this movie, it creeps me out. Yeah, it is pretty creepy. Mama. Would an ape make a doll, a human doll that could talk? <laughs> Damn it. Damn it, man. Look at my teeth. <laughs> Look at them. <laughs> I always talk with my jaw clenched. I mean, Charlton Heston had to know what this movie was, right? I mean, was he just doing this movie? Did his politics change that much? I mean, I don't, I think, no, I mean... Uh, not everybody, but a lot of people get more conservative or scared the older they get. Well, yeah, the whole, uh, the, you know, liberal of one generation is conservative and the next. Well, you have the, you have that generation, especially that generation uh, back then in the, in the sixties, um, who are fighting against the men who are now the man Yeah. or, or now accepting the man as a way of forgiveness or a way of understanding or a way of a living through either religion or, or or just through politics. So it's it's very odd. So, I mean, maybe back then he really was a little bit more progressive. Yeah. You, you would like to think he was, and that maybe just through time and his, what, because didn't he have Alzheimer's or something? something. I don't know. I mean, what did he say at that NRA meeting? Like, they'll take my guns from my cold dead hands. Dead hands. Got your guns now, don't we? Yeah. Heston. That character, that kid character does, like, he makes me feel a lot better. Because I was like, oh, okay, so there was hope for that generation. If you look at it that way, yeah, I never thought of, thought of it like that. Thank you for bringing that up. And we see that more, too, like in the second one. Uh, and we'll yeah. cover that more. But there's aspects of it where you see them. We get into that a little bit more. But I, I like that that character, you know, it's we get the idea that maybe we can move past all this stuff because one day, you know, the younger generation will say, this is bullcrap, let's get past it. Or maybe they'll fall into it. We don't really know, but at least there's hope that it's potential. Yeah. Now, the, the reboot movies, are they not part of this universe? Are they separate canon itself? Or So that's tricky. Because originally they were like, they're supposed to be separate. And then they kept like Easter egging stuff from the older ones. It was like, so wait, are they or are they not? Mm, I'll never tell. <laughs> Only your undertaker knows for sure. <laughs> I know what you're saying. So, that, admittedly, I've only seen the first of the reboots. Oh, the second one's amazing. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, it's better than the first one. No, I, I like the first one. I had refused to see it. <laughs> I the, the remake. It. Yeah, because I was like, no, I'm. I'm never. We're not talking do about that. that crap, Tim Burton. Yeah, that that made yeah. me very disinterested when they came back with the new the reboot boot or whatever you I want to call it. The three boot. Yeah, the three boot. I you, Darren, you probably would enjoy that. I think you might. I meant to do it before we got around to talking about this, but I figured we wouldn't really be getting into it that much. So I was like, I'll just do no, that. Some other time. But, but no, the, uh, so in those, they, they're supposed to be not connected, but then they talk about things like, um, like in the, the first of the reboots, you see a newspaper that talks about the crew of the ship, the Charlton Heston ship where they've been gone for like 20 years or something like that because it's, you know, because that, uh, they took off in like the, the like 74, 70, 70 something. Yeah. 72. And so, yeah. yeah. And when you think about this, there, this movie is, was already set in the future. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it was already bold enough <clears throat> to do that. It was a pretty ballsy prediction for like three years away. Oh, it's ballsy <laughs> predictions. Okay. What about 2000? years later what is this the time machine you have you ever seen that movie 
I don't think I've ever seen that. You saw in a dream. In a dream. <laughs> in maybe an alternate universe. Yeah. Some other world. We probably marathon those. <laughs> you, you're right. Okay. Um, but I'm making one off. I can't <laughs> review. But in the in the reboots, there's like a newspaper thing that shows that obviously Taylor and his crew are up in space, and so people kept wondering, well, does that then just tie back to the original, or are you going to start a whole new series I with mean, this? And they're like, we're not like going to touch these those are movies. Prequels to this movie. <clears throat> yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean, the tone of it feels like that where's your where's your dog at Darren? the family is out of town this weekend so she pretty much just sleeps on the couch the whole time that they're gone near the door waiting for her uh for her baby to come back oh and isn't your cat tank girl yes i love that your cat is tank girl do you have cat cafes out that way i don't even know what i don't even know what that means what is that what is it um Um, here and i guess there's more than just here it's 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 a newer thing but okay there's uh you've i think you've seen me post photos of a old school looking marquee of a movie theater occasionally yeah next to that movie theater there's a cafe that opened up a year or two ago that works with one of the cat shelters we've got a place here called cat welfare which is a no-kill cat shelter and basically you pay 10 or $15 to go in to the cafe and drink coffee. And there's just cats everywhere and they're all up for adoption. Those cats should be behind bars where they belong. <laughs> a good cat is a dead cat. <laughs> I haven't seen cat cafes, but I've mostly seen them in like, I thought it was in like Japan. I saw some, I think Japan. Yeah. Overseas. We saw like, uh, we saw like uh, video clips of them. So yeah. Um, Amanda, or Vice, Vice Abbas, as she's known in the group, she <laughs> used to go up there all the time, and then she just called me one day and said, how mad would you be if I came home with a cat? And I said, as long as I don't have to do the litter box, I'm fine. And she came back, her name was Becca, and I feel weird about changing animals' names, <laughs> even though they don't care, especially cats. Yeah, but, cats don't. But, you know, since Tank Girl's name is Rebecca, I said, okay, she's Tank Girl. There you go. And we'll get Jet Girl if we get another cat. <laughs> so, you, what, Becca was her original name? Rebecca, yeah. So, Rebecca. Rebecca is her bright eyes name. <laughs> and then, or, yeah, and then Tank Girl. What? Wait, no, Rebecca is her tailor name. Yep. Yeah. And Tank Girl is her bright eyes name. Darren. <laughs> Bright eyes. Did you Every, think that was weird that she's like, your name is Bright Eyes? It you felt know, it, it felt weird. weird. It, it definitely, uh, you know, when, when I was thinking about the slave trade, I was like, oh, yeah, taking people's names and because you kept hearing that song every time. I I keep hearing the song every time she says it, or the Connor Oberst yeah band. But yeah, <laughs> well, I keep see I I keep thinking about like domesticating pets from and stuff like that too. Yeah. With you know, like we have these. Uh, very much we have like the we have i think you're also getting into a lot of like the animal rights like don't test cosmetics on pets and in this or movie? on chimpanzees and stuff like in that era of oh yeah yeah, it was yeah made and so you know a lot of like people who are like we're, we're releasing all the test animals kind yeah of thing. i mean besides the social aspects the, yeah the animal rights but, too but yeah you have this oh it's just like how we just randomly call these animals we give them names or do whatever to them and the same things are happening here. They're testing like brain surgery and they're testing like all sorts of things on them. Like in the beginning, they have Nova giving him basically a blood transfusion. They're just using her like a, I guess, like a blood bag. There's no time to be lost. Must be a transfusion at once. You remember how to tie a tourniquet, don't you? Or have you forgot? You perfected a procedure? Perfected? No. I've only experimented. Landsteiner's method. Animals, goats, sheep. I love the blood in this movie, too. It is so that super red, super red. Yeah, that 60s, 70s super red. Yeah. I'm sure Court knows exactly what it was made out of. Yeah, yeah. It like it was like red ink and stuff. Yeah, pretty much. Give her uh, if you've never watched it, make sure you watch Blood Feast. Oh yeah, Marshall Gordon Lewis Blood Feast. Hey Court, you taught me stuff. Yeah, you taught us. But that was that was a movie where it was in color and the the blood was so red that they said oh, that can't be real like, they thought it was real because you can't fake blood that's that red but herschel gordon lewis had his recipe and i thought it was like partially like red ink 
but uh, it was so vibrant that people thought that they were using real blood on that. And so, like, this is kind of the same. It's so vibrant. I like how movies used to be able to do that stuff, you know. Well, not that it made people afraid, you know, like how the people from Last House on the left got the cops called on them when they were seen in public and shit like that. But, you know, some of the amazement, I don't know if that's the right word. You know, I think there's still some things in movies that we can get amazed by. Um but I think it's just far less likely to happen just because it's, you know, we kind of, we know that there are really, right. the, the limits are, are really out there as far as, you know, what we can do. I'm going to tell you the, the most amazing thing about this movie that I enjoyed, Nova's teeth. Yeah. She really had big teeth. She did have big teeth. Lots of big teeth. I'm just leaving she, it at that. I'm just saying. Taylor, Taylor <laughs> left her his teeth. <laughs> Yeah, right. Put Taylor, these in. Taylor left his the teeth. his giant teeth. Taylor. <laughs> Nova. <laughs> the uh <laughs> left of my dog tags and teeth. Where'd Here. dog tags come Here, from? Here, Nova. Take my dentures and my and my dog tags. But the okay, so uh she was actually married to Richard Zanuck. To a, a Zanuck. Yeah. Yeah. She's married to one of the Xanax. Uh, and so probably how she kept getting to be Nova in these movies. Where they're <laughs> like, you're going to put her in there, see? She's not going to talk. Don't see? worry. She won't talk. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of lines do I get? Uh, you're mute. <laughs> she's like singing in the rain. She's that <laughs> yeah. annoying. She, yeah, she, she really has a bad voice in real life. Yes. <laughs> well, yeah, he, this, I, this, I, this movie is when they I, met, wasn't it? What's that? Yeah, I think so. She was she she was pregnant by the time they were done shooting. Oh, probably. And uh, yeah, he uh, if I read correctly, I think he left his wife. And yeah, they got they were married for like nine or ten years. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, they have a kid together too. Yep, two. Is it two? Yeah. Well, there you there go. Was, there was this one, uh, Doctor Zayas Junior, Zanuck Taylor Lucius. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great name. That's yeah. a good name. Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. In 3559, Dr. Zayas. The funny thing is, like, I have to think, I had to think about, we were talking about movie musicals, and I was like, oh, yeah, there was a Planet of the Apes musical. And then was all of a sudden really? I went, wait, no, there's not. That's a Simpsons the joke. Simpsons. Like, it's been that ingrained in my head that I actually, for a minute, thought, no, that's real. I think if the Simpsons prove anything is that we all would want to see it. Yes. Do you think the fact that like, if you've never seen this movie, you know what this movie is. Like, you know, the ending, Mm -hmm. it's already been spoiled for you. Do you think that's a downturn in the end when you're first watching this movie? Or does it make you just focus on other things? Because for me, it just, I focused on other things. I did too. You already know the ending. Yeah. And that's not really that important. Yeah, it's more like the destination of how you got there. The first time I remember seeing that, you know, you blew it up kind of joke. Yeah, was uh, at the end of Spaceballs. Spaceballs. <laughs> Spaceballs kind of ruined it for me. Yeah, too. me too. But I didn't know what it was. I knew that they were parroting something. Yeah. And then later on, I was like, oh, that, they're doing Planet of the Apes. Yeah. Well, okay, so my dad then showed me Planet of the Apes. My mom said that or something. Yeah, my dad then showed me Planet of the Apes because I wanted to, I was like, what is it? And he showed it to me. Yeah. And I remember not really paying attention to the whole movie. Just like, when are they going to get to the Statue of Liberty thing? And when they did, and I was like, oh. Oh, that's it? Yeah. I already saw that. Yeah, I already see this part. But it's amazing, like, how many things you see that parody stuff or... Because they they parodied so many aspects of that in The Simpsons or like um, there was an episode of Saturday Night Live where it was Charlton Heston was the guest host. Okay. And the beginning of he falls asleep in his brain in his dressing room and he wakes up with a beard and apes have taken over. And so. uh, Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's all the cast as apes. Yeah. Oh, I totally forgot about that. They they find Chris Farley and they're like, (laughs) Chris. Chris, what have they done to you? And he has like the the incision on his head, <laughs> and they go. He goes, "What have they nothing. done to you?" And they go, "Nothing. He's just always like that." <laughs> Remember that time that you were on this? That was awesome. <laughs> but it's but such it's, it's such a part of our life yeah. now. Is Planet of the Apes? 
Yeah, it's very culturally. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. There's not there's not a time I remember it not being. Do you, do you think that makes it lose impact? Well, that's what I was saying. Like, right, but the like, ending not just is, the ending, though, but like the message that it delivers. No, I think, like I said, I think it makes me look for other things yeah. to it. If you already know the ending, you go back and read the book and go, okay, are there any, is there anything I missed that might have, because he keeps going, ha, we're already, we're on this planet far, far away. Yeah. Well, no, you're not. Yeah. We, we all know you're not. So you're an idiot. Taylor. Yeah, I love I love at the beginning where they're like, where do you think we are? And he's like, we're on a planet orbiting a, a star in Orion's belt. You have no blah, idea. Blah, blah, blah. And he goes, really? He goes, or on Earth. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's 2,000 years later. I don't know. <laughs> planet of guns. We lost our lady and I need to get some. <laughs> See if I can find me a mute girl in a loincloth. Uh, bet I could. Before Dr. <laughs> Zayas gilds me. Oh, God, that was the, I always go, all right. I don't know. What about you? I mean, does it? I mean, I, I find myself having to really think about it, but I've seen it so many times yeah. now that I've, I've thought about a lot of that. But I don't know, like if if all the things that are like shocking or like, oh, my gosh, I, you know, if they get parodied in parody, a lot of times like the message behind it kind of or impact of it kind of gets taken out of that. It's just like so. There's a there's a ton of songs that I can't like sing at regular tempo. I sing them at like polka tempo because the first time I heard them was through a weird owl, <laughs> like polka medley. And so when I'm like, I sing them and I'm like, oh yeah, this song is a lot it slower just, than I just, remember. Next time, just sing Desperado correctly, Jeremy. Come on, <laughs> that's all I'm asking. Never. Just don't Desperado. listen to the verse in the Gimme Gimme's version of Desperado. It'll throw you all off. <laughs> but yeah, you know, like I love the idea of parody. Um, and sometimes you really get interesting things that come out of it. But like sometimes I think when you get parody or you get these homages, it takes away like the central message to what it is. And pretty soon you're just left with a pre like you see the, the Statue of Liberty thing. And you're just like, oh, I get it. It's a twist ending. Or you just see that piece of it. You don't really get the impact of like, this is what war brings us or whatever it is. You just see like the, oh, it's the same place. Mm -hmm. Like it's, I think maybe the message gets stripped from it a little bit. And although the other parts are less parodied or, or mimicked, I think that you get, uh, I think it loses some of it. To the point where when we watch this, we really have to sit and think about, like, what are some other themes of this that I want to draw out? I mean, for me, it didn't. For me, I, I felt like the, the courtroom scene was important. Yeah. Because it just showed the judicial system. I can't talk. Sorry. Back then or, or in the planet and then now. Sorry. What, no. what were you saying? <laughs> I just, oh, go, oh, go ahead. What? Because I, I always laugh when they're like, ugh, that human is wearing clothes we do something about their growth clothes. we do something about that and they go here you go and they just rip it off and you just get full ass and he's like okay pulling over his crotch and they're like that's better that's better. <laughs> check out his gun wow i mean it's just just that it, it the system is already it, it's already going to fail you even before you went into court mm. on, on certain aspects and certain classes well that doesn't happen you know what i mean yeah and so like I don't know. There's there's certain social issues that I took from this movie now that I've watched it later on in yeah. life that have more of an impact on me now than just the twist ending. Yeah. I think the twist ending is just a twist ending to have like, ha, see, it's a full mirror that, that comes was back on. That was like, uh, yeah. that was like, uh, it is you. <laughs> it was like Rod Serling climax. Yeah. Oh, and I'm done. Twist endings everywhere. But the courtroom scene. I mean, we don't have that now. I mean, justice is blind. It's it's fair. <laughs> Everybody gets a fair shake, right? <laughs> or the excessive force or just the yeah. whole, you know, aspect of that where, you know, the gorillas can do what they want because there's no because they don't uh, have any consequence. And if they yeah. do get in trouble, they're just going to be all like, well, they're just gorillas. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah, exactly. And then the whole, like, not even that... They're like, uh, I don't want to talk about potential facts or scientific advancement yeah. because it doesn't mesh with my religion. But when those facts present themselves and they're just like, uh, I'm just going to I'm just going to wipe this this 
English writing out of the dirt because I just don't want yeah. to acknowledge it. Talk about the fact of, no, I think we will talk more about it when we do our, our other episode, but the fact that I don't remember a lot of sci-fi movies back in the day having where you have these franchises or sequels because um, this is before Star Wars. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, where it felt, it feels like they just pick up right where they left off previously on Planet of the Apes. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I don't, I'm trying to think of anything before that sci-fi related that had a major impact that spawned off four other movies before um, that. Do you know what I mean? When yeah, did they start I, making Star Trek movies? Oh, uh, that was, was that 70s? That's something? 70s. Late okay. 70s or 80s. But sci-fi wise, I don't know. I mean, they used to have serial right. things. I guess, but I'm nothing like to... on this this level where it was cultural, uh, the impact of uh, Planet of the Apes, and now like people have Planet of the Apes marathons, yeah. still to this day. Hell yes. I don't know. I just find that interesting. The, well, the Magnificent Seven had like five movies. That's that's, that's not sci-fi. It's yeah. western, but it's the same kind. It was the same kind of yeah. It was so it was not like unheard of. No, I'm not saying it's unheard of. I'm just <clears> saying <throat> that like from a from a size like. This had to be huge for them to be all like, yep. let's do Beneath the Planet of the Apes. Yeah. Let's continue to go further into the mythology of it. Yeah. I don't know. And well, it's more horror, too. But like, think of like the Wolfman. The Wolfman story continued. Or by the time we got to the, what was it? By the time we got to the second Wolfman story, we were on like the seventh Frankenstein. Seventh thing about yeah, like Frankenstein's I mean, yeah, monster. I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to figure out what was happening on those by the time I got to the Wolfman's second episode. <laughs> it's like, that was when he, he had been poisoned, and then he was blind and deaf, and I'm like, uh, okay. I don't really know any. No, I, I feel like uh, there might be somebody screaming in, at their iPod right and now. There might be, and if you are, good, because I'm clueless, and I'm not saying that there's not. Yeah, it, it's definitely unique, and uh, <laughs> like you said, let's do Beneath the Planet of the Apes. Uh, I think we're about ready to do that. I think so too. So I think we should wrap up here. And uh, I always wrap up. <laughs> That's not what I was talking about. Oh, come on, Jeremy. Flash Gordon. Flash Gordon, maybe. Like the, with the cereals and stuff. Yeah, I guess. Were they big blockbusters? Those? Probably not. Okay. That, the, the concept of the blockbuster didn't really. Right. Jaws and everything. But yeah. Yeah. And what, the first Flash Gordon movie was 80, wasn't it? Yeah. Or is there stuff we didn't know about? Or Buck Rogers? I think you're thinking Flesh Gordon. Are you thinking Flesh Gordon? Why would I be thinking Flesh Gordon? I don't know. Why not think of Flesh Gordon? In fact, I'm not thinking of <laughs> Flesh Gordon. <laughs> but now I can't stop. Oh, okay. <laughs> that was closer. That was 74. We gotta go. We gotta go, Darren. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> well, we'll take a half hour break and we'll get the ape hoses out. And when you, <laughs> where we are leaving off, Heston is screamed. Maybe you know, Doctor Zaius was a little bit right about mankind is violent and yep. will bring destruction. Writing off. It before we go, I did it seem a little weird that he got right up on the Statue of Liberty before he recognized it? Yes, yeah. I always I always think that's always weird. And it's it, like you don't recognize it at and a mile it, away. She looks a little small in comparison. Well, thousands of years of sand and Dr. Well, Zayas showing up when nobody's watching and kicking buckets of dirt on top of it. Yeah, like, why stop right there and be all like, damn you! <laughs> I'm home. All the time. We finally really did it. You maniac! You blew it up! Oh, damn you! God damn you all the you don't see her a mile away. Ah, uh, that could be the Statue of Liberty well, that we're he, coming up. He upon. does like he. Maybe they're in Vegas. That's what I. You know what? Because I was like, oh, there's Lake Mead oh. and all this stuff. Yeah, but later, but in the, <clears throat> in the second movie, it doesn't. Mm. It makes more sense. So they're not in Vegas. Yeah, there are no subways in Vegas. That's true. So yeah, everybody, prepare yourselves to go beneath the Planet of the Apes. <laughs> 
Um, but for here, I want to thank you guys. Thank you, Darren. Thank uh, you. The bomb shelter has saved us and we will venture out into further venture into the forbidden zone <laughs> over on the deuce. The bomb is a God. The bomb is a God. But yeah, even though it won't help you, remember to duck and cover everybody. <laughs> Look at it now, man.